Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know that the Handlebar is a lovely craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, and they have an even lovelier happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., during which you get a dollar off all of their craft beers on draft. They have 28 of them. I'm not kidding. That's a real deal. Seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. That's four hours at the Handlebar. A dollar off any of their awesome draft beers. You can drink them inside, at the bar, at a table. You can drink them outside on their newly renovated gorgeous patio. It's lovely here in Chico right now. Johnny and I highly encourage you to check them out. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, south end of town, right next to Winco, right next to Best Buy. Again, that's the handlebar. Here's the show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast based in Chico, California. I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Welcome to the program. This week on our show, our thoughts on the latest film from director Alex Garland. The film is called Men. It stars Jesse Buckley as Harper, a woman escaping to the countryside for an emotional recharging after her husband commits suicide. And we're drinking beers from Wiley Roots out of Greeley, Colorado. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a wonderful little Thursday evening. Uh, I hate to make it worse, but I am going to by telling you that unfortunately, you don't get to hear the whole episode today. You only get just a little bit, just the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our chat about men. Yeah, Johnny, but if they wanted to hear the full conversation, which includes spoilers from men, a review of that second beer, and Hot and Bothered, where could they go? Uh, they could go to Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or our website, really anywhere that podcasts are available. Uh, new episodes drop every Friday morning, 7 a.m. If you like the show, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and or review on Apple Podcasts. We never get mad about those. Please let us know that you did so we can give you a shout out. For all your social media needs, find the show on Instagram once again at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. Just search fresh hop cinema. You'll find sure. it. Our old one got deleted. Add the new one. We need more followers and letterbox for film reviews, untapped for beer reviews, uh, all at fresh hop cinema or check out our website, freshhopcinema.com. That is right. Let's talk Patreon here. My friend, Patreon is a way to support this podcast with your dollars. If you are so inclined, you can give us a buck or three bucks or five bucks uh, every week or every episode really as it works. And then we give you access to bonus content and invites to secret super fun events, sometimes at our homes, sometimes at bars. Uh, if you Some, pay us, go for Sometimes at movie theaters. Sure, sometimes movie theaters, great example. Uh, if you pay us enough money, we'll buy you beers at those places. Um, and if you don't, you can still come. It's a good it's a good win-win. Um, and it's, yeah, it's patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. And I believe we do have a shout out in order. We do. Happy birthday to longtime friend and supporter of the show, uh, Barber Extraordinaire, all around great guy. Happy birthday, Chris Gomez. We missed it last week. I think it was the day we were recording. Yeah. Or the day, it does, yeah. doesn't matter. Sure. We missed it, but... We didn't, to be clear, if you're listening to this out of sync with time, we didn't, we didn't like forget it. We should clarify. We didn't record last week. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. We didn't have a chance to record. So it was at the top of our priority list. We don't even know what we're talking about the rest of the show. We just know we had to talk about Chris's birthday. We might just talk about Chris the rest of the show. <laughs> I saw Chris. Um, I am going to do this for a minute. He came out to my, him, him and Alexis came to my LaSalle's performance. I almost made it. Oh yeah. But you ended up at a, a larger concert, mm -hmm. which fair. Um, but that was really sweet seeing them. I admitted to him at that point that I had cut my own hair. Because I was so slammed with shows, I didn't have a chance to book an appointment with him. Mm -hmm. And I felt bad being like, hey, do you have time in like 30 minutes to cut my hair? Because uh, I think I had like a, 
Oh, I had a graduation party I had to play at, at which I couldn't wear a hat. Like I had to dress formally. Mm. I was like, well, I'll just try it myself. It turned out okay, but it's no Chris Gomez. Yeah. He actually just chopped all of my wife's hair off. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like to your level? She's full like pixie cut now. Oh, for real? Yeah. Well, that's, I got to see that. It looks probably great. It's pretty rad. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Chris. We appreciate the support. Also, I swear upon everything you might ever believe, we haven't forgotten about recording that episode with Dune of Dune with you. Uh, that's going to be so much fun. It'll mm-hmm. be part two. We covered the original for people that don't know. Back in uh Well, we covered a version of the original. That's true. That's true. But the uh the the, the spice diver edition of the mm-hmm. David Lynch 83 Dune. I think it was 83. Sure. 87? Something like that. Know. Um that was back in like last year March. No. Something like that. Just don't. It was super fun. <laughs> it was. Point is part two is coming where we cover uh incidentally part one, the new the new Dune, Denny mm-hmm. Villeneuve. So that'll happen soon. But I think unless you got anything else on Gomez or, or Dune, we move along. Join Patreon. It's awesome. Be a lot cooler if you did. Okay, Johnny Summers, then what are we drinking first, my dude? First beer today is from a brewery called Wiley Roots out of Greeley, Colorado. It's called Peach Lemonade Slush. It's a 5.5% fruited sour ale with, you guessed it, peaches and lemons. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know much about Wiley Roots. No, I'd love to. They are out of Greeley, Colorado. Another brewery know that. <laughs> that we love, uh, Weldworks, like also Weldworks. in Greeley. Nice. There's some good beer coming out of there. And from their website, we read... Wiley Roots Brewing Company believes beer should be unique, crafted from the highest quality ingredients, and brewed with a sense of responsibility to the craft and to the surrounding community. They believe that brewing craft beer is an art and that it should be grounded in the core values of honesty, integrity, hard work, and the belief in one's ability to create and share. They're small, independently owned, and they have a unique focus on mixed culture, barrel-aged, and spontaneous beers right in downtown Greeley, Colorado. They've won some medals. They're... uh, Doing some good things out there. Have you ever had any beer from Wiley Roots? No, except for the sip I just had, which makes me really upset because that first sip was very, very good. Oh, yeah? Uh, After you taste it for the first time, I'll give you some adjectives that come to mind. I'm going to have a second sip, but you're having your first. And boy, did that look like a deep drink you've taken. Mm, That's pleasant. (laughs) Yeah, what do you you think? Oh, it's it's like really, really well-carbonated lemonade. It's got a peach lemonade vibe. Way more orangey than I thought, too. Like a little bit tangerine almost. Here's my words. Round, robust, uh, t- not tangy, pangy. Does that make sense? Like You're talking about me or the beer, bud? Both. Um, there's a ton of lemon up front, but then it does it mellows out like a peach iced tea would. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of carbonation. You're right. It's a very, very effervescent beer. It's very fizzly. But not sharp. Yeah, I almost thought because of the lemon you get right up front, it's going to be a very tart drink, but it isn't. The peach, man, peach is the best uh, just round off sort of fruit, I think to end a beer with it's pretty nice it can it can soften the edges of just about any bitter component you could see that this wasn't isn't as tart as i expected not a bit which is rad i'm always excited when a sour isn't as sour as i expected didn't expect because of the description of the beer the the style or based on your smell or your first drink or what a little bit of both just sour ale with lemons and peaches like if a sour ale has lemons in it they if you're not careful they will rule the roost as they say sure and this one does not the lemon it gives it a nice pop, but yep. it's not like that super acidic, like you've made homemade lemonade and used too much lemons and not enough sugar, and now you just want to die. Very brief anecdote. A friend of the show, Jared Schmidt, gave me a bunch of lemons from his lemon tree, and I'd never apparently made lemonade in my life. Okay. And what you're supposed to do for anybody looking to make some lemonade for the warmer weather, you squeeze the lemon juice out of it. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of just toss away the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But I peeled them and blended it. Mm. the pith and everything oh it was the most disgusting 
Um, and I didn't know how to tell Jared. I was like, I, your lemons are bad, dude. And then I Googled like a lemonade recipe and I was like, you don't do that at all. <laughs> I poured so much sugar into it. Dude. I got, it was bad. Yeah. Um, this is, this beer is much better than what I made. Um, this is great. What's going on in the can? So that looks like it's a, a like a slushy, like a, like a cup of slushy with a straw sticking out of it. Okay. And it's on a lounge chair. Oh, it's like a humanoid slushy. Yeah. It's He's, like a slushy oh, mask in the sun. Yeah. This is a great can. It is. It's a very summer fun can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shares a lot of color palettes with um, an infamous drink that we have talked about on the show before. Seeing them side by side, I was like, oh, that's inspiration? Probably not. You telling our secrets? Yes, no. we keep four Just locos for- <laughs> in the studio at all times. <laughs> it's an it's an imminent threat for not seeing the movie. It really is. Um, this beer is super good, dude. I dig it. Yeah, I'm a fan. It's more balanced than I thought it would be. It's very approachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I would almost say I wish it had more peach. I don't agree. I think there's an artificiality here with this peach that is reminiscent of a peach ring, yeah. a candy peach ring. And I like that. I do too, but I, it's not quite working with me with the authenticity of what I'm getting from the lemon. Like the lemon is so understated that I actually want less peach or more lemon. And then what you're saying, more peach also. I could see that. But yeah, I like I like the amount of lemon. I would love the peach turned up. I like big, bold flavors. Yeah. One thing I am noticing, this beer finishes almost watery. How do you mean? Like it just disappears, like you just drank water. Like it's a really clean drink, no, yeah. Like a clean, sure. like no aftertaste, like not watery in a bad way, watery mm-hmm. in a very clean finish. It just kind of disappears. That's but, actually really surprising to me because I agree, but the 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 bigness of the body is making me think that it wouldn't finish quite so incognito, and it's just gone. It's a really full beer. It is. What did you say? Five and a half percent. Yeah, five five. Drinks a little heavier than that. Mm-hmm. for the for the drinking part of it but some heavy beers even after you swallow them are still like that was hefty that and this does cool. not have that it's got a lot of body and 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 all of the refreshingness of a light lager or something like that yeah this is a good like sessionable sour totally for, for summer 5.5 percent yeah uh it is a little bit heavy but i feel like i could drink this whole can it wouldn't fill me up yeah the question sure. is would you want to drink the whole can you know i've had about four sips now um the lemon's coming through a little more which is still not becoming too aggressive or anything so yeah i would drink a whole can is it fairly fairly well priced uh we'll talk see. specifics later not bad a little bit higher a little, than average. a little higher, higher price yeah if you want to you want to hear about that stay tuned for later in the show we won't be on the radio waves and we'll talk about the the pricing and how that stuff works uh with our second beer as well but I, okay that's i mean that's an upper range I think a, a mid to upper range price for a 16 ounce can. Mm-hmm. If you ask me. Yeah. And you can definitely get something more higher ABV in that price range, Yes, but we're not after just the alcohol content here. I right? like the, the liquid mm-hmm. content and the, the flavor and new yes. experiences. So, I mean, yeah, I'd recommend this beer. Yeah. I also understand that for the most part, you do have to pay more for this sort of thing because it costs more with all the fruit that presumably goes into it. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if you put more money into a thing, you should expect that people would pay more to buy it. Plus inflation, bro. You got you to gotta, property taxes. 100%. You know, uh, global warming, maybe? I think so. Sure. Yeah, it affects the peach. Uh, peach lemonade slush, dude. Wiley Roots. Let's go out of 10. Uh, after you. 7-7. Seven, seven. It's a pretty solid solid number. 7-7. Seven, yeah. seven. You it, drop it, that down. I'm going to take one more sip, too. But what were you going to say? Oh, it just it takes a lot for a sour to get above like a 7-9 for me. So... Like this is the higher end of what I would rank a sour for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a solid seven. I think seven's great. It's a really good beer. It's not amazing. Again, I would like it to be a little bit more decisive when it came to either being more peachy or more lemony, in particular with the authenticity of those flavors. I think the carbonation's great, the mouth feels great, the finish is immaculate. 
and it smells great to boot. It's a great summer beer, one that I think is probably a little bit overpriced. Where did you pick this up? SNS. Okay. If um, presumably if you're in someplace like Greeley or near, this might be a bit cheaper. Uh, and so I would say if you get a chance to try this, do it. If you can spend the bucks, go for it. There's also some other great stuff around. So I'm going to go seven for me and uh, 7.7 for you, Johnny Summers. That's peach lemonade slush from Wiley Roots. Once again, you are listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get the chance to try peach lemonade slush, we want to know what you think. So please don't hesitate to reach out. And while you're at it, take a picture of yourself drinking it and tag us on social media. We are on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com, or if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Up next is a trailer for this week's movie titled Men. No spoilers inbound in the next segment, so stick around. Hello. Hi. Mrs. Marlowe, yes? Harper, yes. Do, come in. The words I have to say. It's a beautiful be simple, house. But Will it just be you staying, or...? Excuse me? Mrs. Marlowe? No. Until you give your love, there's nothing more that we can do. Apple from the garden? Y yeah, it was delicious. No, 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 no. Mustn't do that. Forbidden fruit. Oh, God, sorry, I... I I'm I, joking. I... Oh. Tormented. It feels more like haunted. Yeah. Something happened. My husband went upstairs to our balcony and let himself go. You must wonder why you drove him to it. Why I didn't drive him to it. I think it'd be true. But if you had given him the chance to apologize. He'd still be alive. What? A man followed me out of the woods. He was stalking me. What makes you say that? I saw him twice. Twice? I don't know if he saw you once. Play a game. You hide. I'll see. You must feel an awful sense of guilt. Stay away from me. What are you doing? What are you? Well, well, well. That was a trailer for men. Um, I think I even started this wrong, though, so hang on. <laughs> Johnny, say the thing you're supposed to say. Well, if you're just joining us, you're <laughs> listening to Fresh Op Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film, possibly on KZFR at 90.1 FM. Subscribe to Fresh Op Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear this discussion in its entirety. It's going to be available to get into your ears tomorrow at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough, there's plenty more to digest. I think the Danger Zone's going to be pretty legit yeah, for this yeah. episode, too. Uh, so let's get into it. What you just heard right. was a trailer for men. And Max, you have things to say. Well, I was going to, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to leave in my little my flub there. Because like I, we just watched the trailer, which we don't always do for, for this sort of thing. But 
if you've seen the movie already, you'll kind of know what that what I'm saying right now is true. Even watching that again kind of puts you back in the headspace of that, mm-hmm. um, for better or for worse. So I was ready to start talking about it. But let me read you the uh, the old internet synopsis real quick. In the aftermath of a personal tragedy, Harper retreats alone to the beautiful English countryside, hoping to find a place to heal. However, someone or something from the surrounding woods appears to be stalking her. What begins as simmering dread soon becomes a fully formed nightmare inhabited by her darkest memories and fears. Again, this is uh, Men. It was directed by Alex Garland, written and directed. Actually, you may know Alex Garland as the director from Ex Machina and Annihilation. I know we covered Annihilation on this show. At least I did. Mm -hmm. You've seen it as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, saw that with my friend Sean, by the way, shout out to Sean. We saw it at a great theater up in Seattle where they brought us burgers and, uh, it was, it was the best. I love Annihilation freaked me out though. (laughs) And I was like, surely nothing could be more freaky than Annihilation. What did I know? Anyways, men stars, Jesse Buckley as Harlow and, uh, Rory Kinnear plays pretty much everybody else Mm -hmm. in this sort of nightmare realm. And we'll get into some of this in a bit, but I want to give a shout out to the cinematographer, Rob Hardy. I think this is a gorgeous movie until it isn't. Uh, This came out in theaters on May 20th, 2022, and it runs an hour and 40 minutes with about 25 of those minutes being very long feeling. (laughs) Um, All right, Johnny, we were both stoked about this. Uh, You're a fan of Ex Machina. Yeah. I know that you're a fan of Annihilation. Yes. Um, we're a fan of A24, who is a production company that put out this movie, puts out a lot of uh, films that otherwise might not see mainstream distribution. Mm-hmm. So fair to say you had high hopes going into this as well? Um, No, I had pretty average okay. expectations. I did not have high hopes. Okay, well, that makes one of us. So, okay, what did, what did you think of Men? Give me give me your, your initials. Well, it was uh, deeply unsettling for, for a number of reasons. Uh, it was way more of a horror movie than I was anticipating, which which I really liked. There was sure. some some fantastic suspense. Uh, it was kind of an on-the-nose allegory for dealing with trauma and tons of metaphor about the way that our main character, Jesse Buckley, sees men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a really, like, scathing, horror-filled look at, like, mm-hmm. toxic men and, like just terrible male behavior. But uh, the question will be, is it, does it come across as men bad, like as a blanket statement Mm -hmm. or is it, does it have something more direct and specific to say? And I think there's a lot of layers to unpack to this movie. And I don't think it came across as men bad. I think it was a very specific point of view. You know, we're, we're looking at men through the eyes of our main character. Sure. So, I think it's fair to say without spoiling that all the men in this movie are played by one person. Yeah, yeah. So literally all men are the same. With the exception of her husband who we do see. Right. Who is somebody else. But yeah, yeah. he was, and he was only viewed in the past tense. Sure. So there, yeah. yeah. Um, it was visceral. It left me feeling rather not well the rest of the day. Yeah. It kind of ruined the rest of the day and in its intensity. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh gut wrenching uh rawness in some of the the violence and physical horror that comes in the third act, which we will not spoil here, but just know that it is there. It sure. is intense. Yeah. And it is not what you're expecting. Right. So I mean overall I I liked it. It it's kind of like I want to echo how you feel about like the lighthouse. Like, yeah, it's, it's not a fun movie to watch 
it's not something you're going to put on to like have a good time, but it's like a really well-made thought provoking mm. piece of art definitely felt more like a piece of art than a piece of, of film. Like it just had tons of commentary. Like I said, many, many layers that we can, we can unpack in our, you know, limited range sure. as being men. Yeah. Sure. You know? I, I mean, I don't think that that plays a huge factor. I don't think so either. I was under the impression and it wasn't taken away because of, of this movie necessarily, but I, for this whole time I've been watching Alex Garland films. I thought Alex Garland was a woman. Oh, I don't know why. I think Alex is one of those sort of, um, not bisexual, what is, what is it, unisexual names <laughs> that can be either a man or a woman. And for whatever reason, Alex Garland stuck in my head as a, as a woman director for so long. Mm. So when I found out that this was actually a man directing this, I was kind of surprised. But I, I don't think that our perspective on this, just because we are men, uh, necessarily it makes it tougher to analyze. I do think there's some of this that is pretty on the nose. Yeah. Um, I was stoked to see this. I was. I had such high hopes. I think Jesse Buckley is great. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic in... Um, in uh, uh, I'm thinking of ending things, mm. which came out in 2019, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually put a lot of stock in what A24 chooses to pick up and release, and I think Rory Kinnear's great too. He does a he, the stuff that he has to do in this movie could have become a little bit campy or kitschy or goofy, and I think there's one character he plays, or or rather his face is put onto that is almost meant to be kind of goofy because mm-hmm. it it. So the jab sort of of goofiness sort of sets the hook that's about to hit you of some nastiness that comes. Yeah. Um, I think where this movie ends up faltering, I think it does a really good job. It's gorgeously shot. I think some of the cinematographical cinematographical tricks are fantastic. There's great editing that happens. It's it's the sound design is creepy as all get out. Mm-hmm. Um in one particular scene, there's she's you hear it in the trailer, but she's shouting down a dark tunnel. And the amount of echoes she gets is like, I've never been in anything big enough to give you that many. And then they start stacking. And and it's the first time it's suggested that maybe things aren't fully reality. And I love it. What happens for me is, is particularly in the third act, so many ideas are being thrown at the wall. And like, it almost feels like Garland is like, let's see what sticks. And it's a real shame because I feel like Buckley is so great. Kinnear is great the whole time. And it just doesn't feel like as cohesive of a film thematically or ideologically as something like Ex Machina or Annihilation. I don't really know what Alex Garland is trying to say here. There's a lot of ideas. Nothing's ever really fully fully developed by the end, if you ask me. So the ending bummed me out a bit. And for the other reasons you were hinting at was obviously not a walk in the park. Sure. Um, So I liked it, but I liked it for some, but then it's a movie that really had to stick the landing and just didn't for Mm, me. That's fair. I think it worked well as a horror suspense. Mm-hmm. I don't think it necessarily hit the nail on the head for a lot of the commentary that it was going for. Yeah. Like it was yeah. like way on the nose and there was really not a lot of like subtlety or nuance. No. Like, I mean, there was kind of at the end, I want to get into some of the things yeah. like what I thought of the end and mm-hmm. like how it correlated. But I mean, overall it wasn't a super complex plot. Like I said, works better as a horror suspense yeah. for me. So a couple years ago, we covered Darren Aronofsky's Mother mm-hmm. with um, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. That's a movie that is wrapped up in its themes and its messages, and it's very abstract. But then once you put it together, it becomes, at least in my opinion, it becomes very clear. This is what this movie is trying to say. Mm-hmm. And if you rewatch it, everything kind of leads you by the hand to that point that you don't know you're being led by the hand, which is what, in my opinion, makes it a pretty great movie. Mm. This doesn't have that cohesion. 
in the trailer they mentioned there, there's this there's this big apple uh, tree in the yard and she takes an apple and then you hear the character say oh forbidden fruit clearly like an adam and eve thing so there's there's this religious iconography that gets introduced early on and then at one point it shifts to almost like a pagan thing there's some like green man stuff that we can talk about that reminded me of some other films we've talked about in the past um, but i don't want to get too spoilery yet but there's just so many angles it comes from and maybe that's the point maybe it's like men have been controlling all of this throughout history I do feel like that's a bit of a cop out of an excuse to be like, well, when you think about it, like men have been in charge of, they've been bartenders and priests and like, I get it, but you might have to pick a lane kind of. So I'm with you. I think it's, it's a little bit too wide sweeping in scope thematically. Yeah. Well, I look forward to getting into more of it once we get into spoilers because it's it's hard to talk about this movie without getting deep into the weeds. Yeah, I, I do think for the for the most part it does a good job. There's there's a sort of side tangent of Jesse Buckley's character relationship with a friend who's back home and, and it's it's all you almost always need that one outside person to kind of ground you in reality as an audience member. Cause like stuff's getting weird. And you're like, at least you have this lifeline of a person who's not in the weeds with you. Mm-hmm. And I love the subversion. Um or that's not the right word. Um, I love, uh, it's a trope really. It's not a subversion at all of inevitably that goes wrong. And that person sort of loses the connection with you. And then as the audience, we're like, we are fully untethered and we are just in this nightmare with our character. Mm-hmm. It's a very unsettling and effective way of, of portraying horror to your audience. I'm with you. I think it works really well as a horror movie, mm-hmm. but maybe better if you don't overanalyze it too much. But I'm sure. not sure. We'll, we'll get more into this in the danger zone, obviously. Yeah. And I think there is a lot to analyze and there, there are like a lot of layers I think some of it was on the nose, but I think if you look at a little bit deeper, there's there's some some metaphor that that may have gotten you know fallen through the cracks. For we'll sure. See. Um, what are your thoughts when I think of actors playing multiple characters in a movie? There's some that are more obvious than others. Like I, what comes to mind is like James McAvoy in Split when he does like the 23 different personalities, and it doesn't always work. I think he's a good example. I what do you think of Roy Kinnear here playing all these? He's got to play at least um, he plays a few characters with no lines, but mm-hmm. I think like seven yeah. speaking characters. What did, mm-hmm. what do you think of his performance? I think it worked. I think it was, you know, the costume department did a great job. There was enough diversity yeah. in his overall aesthetic where it was still him, but it wasn't, there was some prosthetic teeth. There was a lot of different, different costumes used. So I think it worked. It was honestly pretty unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the funny thing, well, so by the way, Roy Kinnear, I knew him from, I think, Penny Dreadful. Do you remember that? With, oh, yeah. with Eva Green. Yeah. And um, he, I think he played like Frankenstein's monster mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, but he's also been in a couple of the latest Bond films. He was in No Time to Die. Uh, he was in Spectre also. And he's been in a few other things as typically side characters. Um, but we meet him first in Men as the landlord. And he's creepy, but not, maybe not creepy. He's um, goofy and potentially intimidating but what i love that they did in this movie is kind of as we meet more and more people kind of um he becomes almost a safe space too mm-hmm. and he's like goofy and like you start to let your guard down a little bit and i really like that they were able to change my expectation of what because because historically like landlord in an isolated british countryside probably a sketchy character yeah immediately you're like oh well, he did it and they shoot him um in a lot of ways in that first scene when we get the tour of the house in a lot of like creepy angles and you're like, what's going to happen right now? And nothing does. It was a hell of a pause. Yeah. Like they shoot him. I know. Yeah. They shoot him with the camera. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. And then as they, as we kind of change our expectations throughout, it's great. There's a lot of subversion in what you might expect. Um, traditional safe characters or or figures in, in power. Mm -hmm. 
the only thing we don't really get into here is like politics. Mm-hmm. You have everything else. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, I think Rory Kinnear did a great job. I think he's a very talented dude and and pulled off mostly these characters pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Jesse Buckley, fan. Yeah. 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 She does. There's some great flashback work that happens with her and her husband. We learn a little bit more about how he uh, kills himself, um, and the uh, the places she has to go in in the in the blink of an eye, in terms of trauma and and the pain she's going through was to me reminiscent of like Rooney Mara. Oh, great example. Ghost story. No, uh, Florence Pugh, Midsommar. Perfect. But both very. Those good are examples. like top three. Just yeah, like the essence of grief. Yeah. And, and pain, although I guess more so grief in those cases mm-hmm. dealing with the actual death of characters whereas here it was the pain of like trying to explain to somebody who's kind of gaslighting you and of like not divorcing them like yeah i'm gonna kill myself if you do this and mm-hmm. it's, she just was like it was ugh, very painful scene yeah that was it felt way real and very intense like i was just sucked into that yeah. whole just oh my god yeah um tremendous so alex garland is one of these newer directors ish this is the third movie from alex garland um would you recommend the trifecta of Garland movies to a particular type of person, to anybody? Would you, if you had to have them watch men, would you say, yeah, watch the other two. They're worth it to sit through this. Are you an advocate of all three? How do you feel about Garland at this point? Well, I think they all three kind of fit into different niches, definitely different categorically, uh, where you have ex machina being very abstract Mm. sci-fi ideas dealing with artificial intelligence. And it's very meta, uh, and, and, it goes way deep into to AI and sentience. It's it's a fascinating movie, but it's definitely more of like the sci-fi bent. Sure. And then you get Annihilation. That's way more like sci-fi horror, yeah. but still very abstract yeah. and very trippy with the visuals, very hallucinogenic almost. And then and then Men is, you know, a straight up horror thriller with like a through line of commentary, social commentary. Yeah. Sure. Um are all three movies for any one type of moviegoer? Well, that depends on what type of movies that moviegoer is accustomed to sure. watching. You know, if they're a fan of more independent film, more experimental stuff, sure, watch all three. I think it's a very broad palette that Alex Garland is painting from in his films and the art that he's making. I think no two of the three are even comparable. They're they're very standalone, I would say. I would love to watch them all again. Maybe not men because I've just seen it so recently, but... I bet you there's some through lines about like the power trips of men in history, maybe, or like, or in the future, even. Um, very briefly, because we're running low on time for our radio yeah. listeners. A uh, quick shout out to my friend Rob, who is is a friend of the show. Also, uh, he saw this with me in the theater. He also then went home and watched Ex Machina for the first time. Oh, I think maybe the next day. I was gonna say, what a night! And he and I might rewatch Annihilation, or or me rewatch him for the first time in in the next day or two. So I'm excited to see what that actually does to a person. Like, what what is your experience now with this director? Yeah. Um. Very lastly, Johnny Summers, did this movie m- scratch a particular itch that you thought you might have to wait for a David Cronenberg film to scratch? Because <laughs> because for yes. me, I was like, I don't need to see this new Cronenberg movie after this. Right. Yeah. No. Or you just like. Can't wait. Oh, I'm stoked. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm very excited for Crimes of the Future with Viggo Mortensen and Kristen Stewart. Yeah. yeah. Very excited. But it did scratch an itch. I mean, it was a really well done horror suspense. And we'll get more into the, the through lines of commentary. But as said it once, said it a few times, as a horror, it absolutely worked. Okay, let's give it a rating out of 10. Ooh. I hadn't thought about this much. I haven't either. Ooh. I'll go first. Okay. For me, it's a five. Okay. I'm bummed. I really, really think it's really well done for the first bit, um, but it just falls apart at the end for me. Hmm. 
Um, so five is actually a pretty, re- I think, a pretty reasonable score. Yeah, uh, it's eight five for me. Eight point five. Yeah, holy lordy, I really, lordy, I really lordy. like this movie. That's a big difference between you and I. That's yeah, um, I really, I mean, strong wordage, but I really enjoyed the sure. third act. I yeah. cannot wait to hear more about that. But for now, once again, you have been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR ninety point one FM. Men is of course in theaters now. If you've seen it, you have thoughts of your own, which I'm sure you will. If you have seen it. You can reach us on social media on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema, uh, or you can send us an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And to our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for men, a review of that second beer from Wiley Roots and Hot and Bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of the episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your preferred podcast app, we'll be right back. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. We're in. It's dangerous. There's Roy Kinnear faces everywhere. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Oh, Jack, Jack Harlow. Oh, yes, of course. Such a creepy. Yeah, creepy very man. creepy. Um, all right, dude. Let's get into this. Let's um, do it. Did you want to? Did you want to re- refresh your your refreshment glass? Yeah, what are you good. drinking? Uh, mango Monster. Monster Energy Ultra Fiesta Mango. Zero sugar. It's delicious. Ten calories. It's good for you. I don't know if that's true. Basically health food. There's a ton of niacin and vitamin B6 and 12. You got 490% of your daily B12. Yeah, boy. Good God. Just zip zap. All right. Welcome to Danger Zone. Hi. Where our hearts stop, either from scared of this movie or taurine. Maybe. What do you want to get into first? There's so much. It feels like we, because not a lot of people are going to have seen this movie. Yeah. And I feel like we should set the scene a little bit before we just start talking about all the stuff in the end. All right, 30-second synopsis. It's not even enough. Don't care. She goes to the countryside. For me or for you? Do you want the 30 seconds? Go. Okay. She goes seven seconds. Dang it. She goes to the countryside. Everybody looks like Rory Kinnear. She starts getting stalked by this naked dude she finds in the tunnel. And after that, shit goes crazy. She starts going insane, you kind of think. Everybody turns into the bat. This is not good. The priest is him. Everybody's him. She starts getting haunted. They all start turning into monsters that end up looking like her husband after he committed suicide. And um, there's a lot of babies born at the end. And we'll talk about what that means right now. Johnny Summers. Boom. What'd you think? What did I think about your synopsis? I don't care. I think I it was don't know. pretty good. Was it? it got, I pulled it together at the yeah, end. It was but the pretty first good. 15 seconds were squandered. It's rough. It's yeah. a rough start. You, you had me in the first half there. Uh, no, this, yeah, it was unsettling. Obviously, she's dealing with all this grief and this trying to get her life back together and to going on this retreat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we immediately get weird vibes from Roy Kinnear as the landlord. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, everyone's the same person in different faces. The priest, I did not like. The priest was the worst. You, knew it, you knew it was going to go bad, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, the kid is the one that threw me a little bit. Yeah. They show him in the trailer, too, but it's almost like they intentionally made him look not realistic. Yeah. Like, the face was, the, the facial. It was um, goofy. It was bad. Yeah. And then he just goes, you stupid bitch. And I was like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Right. So it worked. Yeah. yeah. You made me almost laugh and then almost cringe. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can look at this as far as the commentary on on men and how they treat women and, yeah. and her perspective of them. Like it's in watching it, it's almost like every man represents like a different flavor mm-hmm. of just way that men mistreat women. Sure. 
So it's like, you know, you had the priest that's like the authority figure that's mm-hmm. like saying you should have done this mm-hmm. because God, and then the police that you're supposed to trust and yes. are supposed to protect you saying we got nothing, you know? I mean, right. there's, there's this, you know, perceived authoritarian protector that turns his back on you. Then yeah. there's the ones that are just outright being directly abusive. And then sure. it's just all these different ways that a, a woman can be, you know, manipulated, mistreated, whatever, whatever, by a man. And I thought it was kind of wild how there was such a broad spectrum of that. Yeah, there super was. I was going to say another way of looking at it could have been that it's definitely all of that, but but if they looked at her, it's always with like this condescending kind of patting on the head, like yeah, like so with the with with the priest, it's like what, what could you have done differently? Have you thought about it from that angle? Like what what drove him to do this? What could you have done? Yeah. Or with the police officer, like I don't I don't know if we can call that stalking. He didn't even see you. Like calm down, you hysterical. Yeah. You saw him twice. How do I know he totally. saw you once? Right. <clears throat> um, we should point out too when he falls, her husband falls, he commits suicide probably. Mm-hmm. Um, we see a pretty viscerally upsetting uh, shot of his body mm-hmm. down below. Um, very, very creepy. She's been through a lot, this girl has. Uh, so have I after watching this. I don't want to downplay that. I've also been through a right? lot after watching this movie. Um, but I'm really interested in talking about the manifestations of those injuries from her husband onto these creatures at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get there, though, I was just Googling to make sure I was right when I was saying the green man. Oh, 100%. Earlier. What what had we seen? My instinct is the green knight, but yeah. is that it? Yeah. I feel like there's something else. Um, but I, this is where this started to lose me because, like I said earlier, it's so obvious for, like, it's Garden of Eden, Forbidden Fruit, great. So we're going to pursue, like, a Christian thing. The priest is in there. That makes sense. But then this sort of, like, folklore stuff gets brought in, and we get the first incarnation of Roy Kinnear as the stalker dude mm-hmm. is is a very naturey kind of fella. Mm-hmm. Um, we meet him out in the woods and we get some weird smash cuts where it's like him in a cell bleeding down his face and he puts like a leaf in his skin and then we get shots of like spines, like he's growing. And I'm not sure that I've connected what the correlation is between the the pervasiveness of or, or, or cycle of nature as it pertains to men. Oh, wasn't the green man like a fertility? That's what I'm saying. I think it's, I, I thought, I don't know. Let me look. Um, here it says the green man is a legendary being primarily interpreted as a symbol of rebirth representing the cycle of new. So this is the tie in with annihilation then. Cause, cause there is a lot of that in annihilation. That it's, makes like, sense. it's like, I can't remember. It's been years since I've seen that. But, yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, you had all these, you know, archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. And the green yeah. man, maybe even being one. Sure. Sure. I do feel like leave it to men to overthrow Mother Nature and have to be like, no, fuck Mother Nature. I'm a green man. Right. It's like Mother Nature was fine. Yeah. Why well, you got to be green man, yeah. man. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. So you say the third act lost you. Right. So, so, okay. So I would, and not the entire third act. I would say the moment, um, man, it kind of went by in a blur. I can't remember exactly how this started. The invasion's happening in the house. Mm-hmm. Police officer goes away. Jeffrey finally disappears. We think Jeffrey's there. He's challenging. He's like, I'm not going to be so fine with that if you're here. He vanishes. Then naked dude shows up again. Very naturey at this point. Mm-hmm. Then things start going crazy. Um, she tries to leave in the car. Hits Jeffrey. He then gets upset for some reason that I haven't figured out yet. She hit him with the car. Maybe that's the reason. Then he comes around the corner. It's not him anymore. It's a naked guy. Then we see our first vaginal birth. No, there was the slicing of the arm. Oh, true. Yeah, that was that was tough. Yeah. 
I was very, I was just like through my fingers. like Right. Ugh. Yeah. And you, I kind of saw that foreshadowed in the it's aftermath totally. of her husband. That was such a specific injury. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, look at his arm through the fence. So I got that. So I was actually even fine with that. It's when that arm started becoming imposed on every version of, mm-hmm. of Kinnear's face. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't lost until about the third birth. I laughed. I was like, come on. Like, cause it's, it is laughable at that point. And I, I'm not sure if that was intentional or not. But I had a hard time sticking with it sure. in a serious or even scary way. Hmm. So I was pretty off of it by then. By the time yeah. we got a birth out of the spinal column, out of the mouth, it was like it lost its creep and scare factor. And it was just like arduous for me at this point. I was like, okay, I get it. I yeah, don't, I don't the, get it, but I see what you're doing. Well, like at that point, I started just like more thinking about it. Like, all right, well, what's the significance of like being out of the back? Or, you mm-hmm. know, like there's mm-hmm. there's might be more to it there, and I would have to rewatch it to figure that out. But watching that, I immediately my head goes well it's already been there the whole time that she's projecting these issues that she had with her husband onto to all men yeah for good or for bad that's just what's happening you know and you're seeing it and you're seeing different issues with the same face you know and then right. i think there's a real significance with the birth and like to me immediately it's like oh that's like generational abuse trauma sure. yeah or no generational bad behavior being passed down because, oh, okay. you know, so you have it starting at the green man and then, you know, it was like the priest. So like, you know, and then the cop. So like, okay, it's, yeah. just, it's like this power hierarchy mm. that's like being birthed one after that's the other nice. all the way down to a kid. So you have this, it's not just one person, it's generation after generation of yeah. mistreatment. And then at the core of all these issues that she has and the way she's been mis- mm-hmm. mistreated the final birth is yeah. her husband. Right. So obviously she had to work her way through all these issues that she had with men mm-hmm. to realize that all men maybe aren't the same and like her problem was with her husband. Her husband was just a bad person. And then they sit down and have a conversation. That's a much more in-depth take than I have. That's I'm going to vote with that for now. Okay. That's great. Um, I thought it was just really a fascinating illustration of how your problems can be Russian dolled within each other. It's nice. Yeah. And you have to rip through them or sometimes they have to rip out of themselves to get to the actual core of the problem. Yeah, I was pretty caught up in the viscerality of the whole thing that Mm. I lost track of who was birthing who at that point. Um, But I think that's a great working theory. That's that's more than I've connected with that. So sure. I mean, it's just the metaphor that made sense to me because especially with her husband being the final form, that's like the final form of her trauma. It's like getting back to what pushed her to this point and the the damage that happened to her yeah so i i loved it for that i was like wow this is just a visual representation yeah. of your your problems consuming themselves or birthing themselves yeah you know because all those things that she encountered might have been projections of the way she was treated her whole life yes or or it could you could make the case that it's less about her at that point more about him her husband mm-hmm. um, being a product of those systems in place sure yeah, and but you're looking at it through the lens of the person that that sure. behavior has affected, sure. and yeah, there's a lot of ways to slice this. I think it was a really fascinating finish, though. Okay, I think you should watch it through different. It just yeah, yeah. It is very visceral and very tough to watch. I mean, did you were you fine with it? This is like not not too bad. Is there a movie that you've just like you you cringe at? There's a few like out there. I don't really remember them. There's a few movies that exist that I don't want to bring up on the show because sure. I don't think anyone should watch yeah, them. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, there's shock horror out there that's yeah. just explicit and 
yeah. you know, for the sake of it. But like a well-made movie or even just a good horror movie, like, I mean, there's been some, like the first Purge, not first Purge. Um, oh, this is oh, the problem with the way they name those movies. No, no, no. It's not a Purge. It's um, oh, Hostel. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that one was, was really intense when it first came out. And like, the, you know, it just depends on what era of horror you're talking about. Because like practical effects yeah. only take you so far. I think things got really unsettling when you got into the, uh, you know, CGI realm. The realistic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Honestly, dude, one of the most unsettling movies that I've seen in the last 10 years just for violence was Green Room. I, Green Room <sighs> bothered me. Green Room was fucking like yeah. intense. Yeah. Because it's, it's, there's, and we talked about this with our coverage of, of, of The Northman. Um, Green Room does not shy away from the action in real time, nor does it overly cinemize it. No, it felt it. very gritty. And it was just like, this is what somebody's just oof. cutting open somebody's stomach with a box cutter. Yeah. We're just going to watch it happen. Yep bothersome that was was troubling it wasn't even yeah if it's framed in like a horror movie right or there's you're like, like crazy oh. soundtrack going or, or but it was just like quiet just and you saw here was like yeah <laughs> yeah gross um but no the third act of this movie didn't like particularly bother me okay. i was kind of just looking for more depth because the whole thing felt symbolic for i mean sure. anytime you deal with birth in a movie that's this kind of mm -hmm. meta and abstract it's got to mean something for sure yeah solid man yeah, right I don't have too much to add to the ending aside from it's still just bothering me a bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of designed to be bothersome yep. and thought provoking. Yep. And so I think it's achieving that. But yeah, yeah, if you can find some some meaning or some deeper metaphor in the, the totally. unsettlingness, then maybe mm -hmm. it's worth it. Yeah, I often wonder about the not the validity of a movie, but the validity of a watching experience. If it we've talked about this, too, if it, if it requires more than one watch mm. and for you, it didn't. If that's if that's what you're taking and there's no right or wrong, if that's what you took from the movie. Awesome. Then that's what it is. It's abstract enough. I think you can probably take your own meaning. But for me, did not get that. So for me, it's like, no, that was not good. Mm -hmm. It didn't say enough. It didn't connect the dots that it was setting up to connect in the beginning. So no, thank you. But then if I watched again, maybe, but. We but base things on a one watch around here most of the time. Yeah. I so. mean, we're doing this after one watch. So, yeah. I don't know. Do you think it's worth watching again? I won't. Okay. No, I won't. I won't. That's probably. Fair. Maybe in like a year. Probably not. <laughs> no, that's I don't fair. know. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's fair. Uh, I don't I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a great movie, though. Good enough. Uh, you got anything else on men? No, I think I covered all of it, man. Okay. All the notes I had. Uh, another beer, then. Give me that toot, toot. <laughs> what is that? Oh. Wait, why are you saying that? It's a train engine. That's not what anybody just thought of. I don't know. You know the R. Kelly song? Yeah. That's what I thought of. That's what I What's your point? This beer's been trapped in the closet. It tastes like it's been trapped in the closet. No, I, I mean, no, Our it. second <laughs> beer from Wiley Roots. Wait, I don't get the closet thing. What do you mean? That was an R. Kelly song, too. Trapped in just, the closet? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he did like a six-part song called Trapped in the Closet. Didn't know that. Thank yeah. you for telling me. Uh -huh. Okay. This beer has nothing to do with Kelly, everybody. <laughs> no, it has to do with trains. <laughs> yep. Toot, toot. Yeah, got it. Uh, Thomas the Dank Engine from Wiley Roots. It's a 9% double IPA. It's what? Actually, it's 9%? Yep. Okay. It's a 9% double IPA with 60 international bitterness units. Okay. We're looking West Coast all the way, baby. Oh, yeah. This is the Intercontinental Railroad. Stopped right in the heart of San Francisco in the 1840s. West Coast as it gets. Oh, yeah. Uh, Imperial West Coast, 9%. I didn't, I know you said that earlier. I looked at the notes, but I didn't register for me. Uh, okay, it's hefty. You took a swig. Yeah, I like this beer. Yeah, that makes I sense. I can tell already. Give me a canning date, please. Uh, no. All right, great. Uh, give me a price. Uh, 629 Cheaper than the first beer, which for any uh, people following along from the first segment, the first one was 7 Uh 
seven twenty nine. Yep. Uh, okay, I'm gonna drink this. Drink it. Yeah, it pours like a really like darker amber than I thought it was going to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you got some uh, some floaty bits. I do. I got well, they're sinky bits, aren't they? You got some schmutz. Um, it's what more? It's more amber than you said. Thought. It, yeah, it's a little bit like darker than I thought it was going to be. It tastes mustier as well. It yeah. tastes like it looks. It's not a particularly bright IPA. No, it's thick. Uh, peek behind the curtain uh, or the closet door, I suppose. When you said it was in the closet, I was like, it tastes like it's in the closet. It, it, I had tasted it, everybody. I tasted mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, and it's a very musty, hefty IPA. Not a not a bright one at all. No, it's it's dank. This is Thomas the Dank Engine. Yeah, but sometimes I think dank is like like big, bright, citrusy hoppiness. And this is this is very much an earthy amarillo kind of hoppy yeah. uh, mustiness. Yeah, or like a like a like a I'll say another one right now. Uh, Idaho seven hop. Yeah. Like that. A lot of dirt. A lot of dirt, baby. Yeah, I like it. I think it's it's really girthy. Like it's, it's just yeah. It, like you get it's like getting hit in the mouth with a baseball bat made out of pine sap. That's a great visual for just me. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's thick, dude. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love it with you like know? T- three C's. Yeah, I'm gonna stick a K on the end too. Just yeah. for it's it's okay. You know, I think it's pretty okay. Yeah, I do wish I knew how old it was because it doesn't taste the freshest I've ever had an IPA. Could be wrong. I mean, it's got a lot of the double IPA notes, but then yeah, it, it's it's tickling the toes of an envelope. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not there. Yep. But it feels like it's been stored near a stack of envelopes. Sure. Yeah, but in like a dark wet closet, a little or like a like a water heater closet. Yeah. Yeah. In a, a great way. Like a drip. drip. Yeah, and it's dripping on the envelopes. Uh, you're saying this beer has been stored in a dungeon. Yeah, which is metal. Yeah, that's badass. Or a train. Yeah, what is a train dungeon? Yeah, train there it is, like a yeah. subway tunnel. Yeah, like the one in Men. Nice. That wasn't a subway though. That was actually a rail car. No, I said train tunnel, like the one in Men. Oh, cool. I was stuck on subway. Mm. Eat fresh. Remember that tangent we went on the one time that we're about to do again if I'm not careful <laughs> about the time that I saw the guy from subway. Oh yeah, remember that? Yeah, those are the days. Yeah, life was easier when you're. Well, not always when you're 12 <laughs> and you meet the guy from subway, but but in my case, <laughs> it was a simpler time. <laughs> Sorry, I think that last statement might alienate some people. Yeah. Oh, oh that's funny. Any endorsement we get from Jared or Subway? <clears throat> hey, Quiznos, call us. Quiznos makes fine sandwiches. I'd be fine with that endorsement. Absolutely, they're okay. I mean, they're, I mean, like, let's be real. Subway's where it's at. What is it? Togo's, Quiznos, and Subway. That's We're doing it. We're, here's the thing. I don't like Jersey Mike's. <laughs> oh, fuck, Jersey Mike's is okay. Fuck Jersey Mike's. It's not great. I got personal problems with Jersey Mike's. I went in. I went into Jersey Mike's. A couple, uh, like a couple, mu- I don't know when you can say after the pandemic. We're not really after the pandemic now. Yeah. But after that first surge when things started opening back up, I went into a Jersey Mike's. I was also in like out of state for a while, so like where everybody was very diligent about their masks. And I came back in, Jersey Mike's here in Chico, like nobody was wearing masks or like gloves for some reason. There was like making sandwiches, like breathing onto them. And I just, just, I just out walked here, out. Out here raw dogging sandwiches? Yeah, it was bad. I just left. Oof. So... Haven't had Jersey Mike's in a while. That's fine. I am against them because they don't have pastrami. Yeah, well, it's, everybody's got to have a stance, man. But it's Good for you. It's a deli sandwich. It's a sub sandwich establishment. Yeah. And yeah. pastrami is one of the key ingredients yeah. to any place that serves sure. sandwiches. Uh, second Sean shout out in one episode. Um, I, the, I had Jersey Mike's up in Seattle visiting him, and it was great. And that's why I came back and tried it again. And mm. it was maybe it's just better in Seattle. Everything's better in Seattle. Yeah. I guess. Anyways, yeah, sure. This doesn't taste like Subway. That's for sure. 
Thank God, because Thank if God. it did, <laughs> and if it smelled, because you know you've been in the Walmart that has a subway, and everything in the Walmart, Walmart smells like yeah, subway. I'm not bad about that. Like sometimes the men's clothing is like right next to the subway, mm-hmm. and you buy a shirt, and it just smells like a Southwest Turkey Club. Yeah, yeah. Sh- I mean, this is my sandwich shirt. This guys. is America. I could see that being a fragrance in a candle <laughs> here. I mean, truthfully, like at Walmart, Turkey Club. Yeah. <laughs> I've bought candles God. at Walmart, and so many of their Walmart brand candles mm. are like desserts. Oh, I know. Like, it's just like just, creme brulee. Yeah. Just, yeah. I want my house to smell like glazed I donuts. I hate dessert candles. I like them. I can't. I like this. a nice vanilla. They have one that's like a lemon meringue. Vanilla's on the fence. Quite nice. Lemon meringue's too much for well, me. Well, vanilla is a scent as well as a dessert. That's true. So, Well, every dessert's a scent. But like- What do you mean? Vanilla is a uh, common scent in like perfume. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. It lends itself to like the sweet, slightly musty. All right. But uh, All right. like lemons, not not no, everyone's you're not going rubbing lemons on your armpits. Now from Chanel, lemon number five, <laughs> lemon pit four. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's not happening. Spears good. I like it. I think it's fine. All right. What's well, uh, what's fine out of ten for you? Let me try it again. All right. No, I like it. It it strikes a lot of the the notes that I like. It's just big and punchy and gnarly and like hefty this is uh this is a beer that makes you stronger nah or it makes you drink no. white claw no this is a beer that commercial for white claw by the way was oh i was with rob sorry did you see that trailer for white claw it was like there's a fucking hurricane coming what? into the beach and it's like the most it looks like a black and white movie i thought it was like an alfonso Cuaron movie or something <laughs> like it was what, a mix was, of roma and children of men was this in the theater yes it was what? just nuts and it was like not in the totally pre-movie Maria Menounos thing, but like not in the trailers yet. It was like somewhere in weird between. Like right after a Coke commercial? Yeah. Um, and it was like this raging wind storm that was like, you could hear a radio broadcast being like, it's going to be 15 foot waves and everybody's freaking out of the ship, blowing all over. And there's one dude shirtless that's like walking out the beach. And Rob was like, is this going to be a sur- or like a like a fragrance commercial? I was like, it seems like it. And, he, and, and there's like a narrator that comes on and a little blip on the screen says like, some people know how to catch the fucking biggest waves or whatever. And it goes, White Claw. <laughs> what? It's <laughs> like, I don't know if that's on brand for you guys. Like, that's not what I want to, that's not what a White Claw drinker is to me. Like, I'm a White Claw drinker and I'm not going out there. I'm, gonna I'm going inside. Yeah. And the White Claw's not, it's not Red Bull. Like, you don't even like fully swim when you're drinking White Claw. No, you kind of get your feet maybe. White Claw is up to your waist beverage. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. In a pool yes. or in a lake yes. or a river. Just... Yeah, it's not the ocean. No. Nah. I can't remember why I said that. Is this the ocean? No. This beer is um, not good to me. Okay. It's too sweet. It's too heavy. Wow. It's too musty. It's too flat. It's too syrupy. And it's it's too fucking blonde. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what else, but it's, you know, it's not good if you ask me. Oh, and I you are. So yeah. that's my answer. I think it's bad. You're just mad because you got all the stinky bits. I haven't even gotten to those yet. I'm going to drink them. No, I won't. But no, it's it's not my thing, dude. I think this is far and away much worse than the first beer. Drink those, you'll start making sourdough in your tum tum. Yeah, get a yeast infection <laughs> of yep. the stomach. Yep. You wanna you wanna give it an out of ten? Hmm. Yeah, out of ten for me, it's like a six six. Yeah, it's like it's a, good. It's above average. It's yeah. not like memorable. I'm not gonna clamor for this again. But like, mm-hmm. if I was at a party and they had some of these in the cooler, I'd probably snag one. This reminds me of a six-month-old space dust from Elysian. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is a pretty hefty IPA, so I think yeah. that's a good comparison. For me, it's a three. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not good. 
All right, so that's a 6-6 six, six from me and a 3 from young Maxwell. Anything else on Thomas the Dank Engine from Wiley Roots? Uh, no, I just want to know what your overall impressions are of Wiley Roots so far. Is, I, it, is it a brewery you want to try more from? Are you into like their fermented sours? You mentioned they were more known for that sort of stuff, their spontaneous fermentation. and I feel like this beer exemplifies that. I think so too. Uh, emphasis. Yes. So would you be open to trying more of their beers? Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. So no at SNS they had a lager. And they might have had another sour. Okay. But that is making the rounds. I think it's from the same distributor that gets Weldworks out here. So, Oh, badass. Okay, yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I'd love to, Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you're obviously going to want to try them again, too. Yeah, I'll keep my eyes peeled cool. for some of the more uh, mixed, fermented, mixed, well, you know. Yeah, stuff. The beer, yeah, the beer stuff, yeah, which the, we know, but we don't want to make people feel dumb, yeah, so exactly. we're not going to say it. The fancy beer shits. Yeah. Yeah, it's not delicious. Beer, not, don't say the beer shits. Wow. Well, that's a thing. Yeah, that's the next day. So let's just get a hot and bothered. All right. Yeah. Welcome to Hot and Bothered, the part of the show we talk about what's got us excited or bummed out for the week. We tend to steer clear of the bummed out stuff. So welcome yeah. to this week, I think. Hot. Because good vibes, bro. Good vibes, baby. White Claw. Chase that wave. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm going to go first. Here's oh. my hots. Oh, God. I have finally, I was a year behind. I've placed my orders for my annual Fresh Hop Cinema Top 10 t-shirts. Hell yeah. For 2021 and 2020. That is when I spend a little more time than I should finding cool art from independent artists, usually on the internet collage them into a shirt with our logo and the year and make a cool little design. And I ordered them from um, Silk Shop Screen Printing here in Chico. Nice. Two of them, I paid $35 each. Damn. Because <laughs> they're a small run and they have to make new screens for every one of the eight colors that is on my shirts. So if anyone- I don't care. So if anyone wants one of our 2021 movie shirts- Yeah, 40 bucks. 70 bucks. Jesus. Reading your eyes. 60 bucks? How much do we charge? No, I don't know. I was just going to say Silk Screen has it, the, the oh. art. So maybe it's cheaper Silk ones. Shop. Silk Shop. Silk Shop screen printing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Or they haven't quite made it yet. So if you're hearing this close to the day it drops, let me know and I can maybe get a few more in. Fair enough. But we'd have to get at least 12 to to get a price break, I think. Yeah. And who besides you and I have the same top 10 for 2021? Oh, smart people. That's true. So nobody listening. <laughs> Probably. Just well, kidding. Maybe, maybe. Oh, maybe. Maybe oh, that one point. guy. Yeah, maybe. His top an issue with it. Yeah. Anyways, that's my hot this week. I love my it. New shirts that I'm very excited to you receive. You always put a lot of time into that. You were excited for the graphic. You said, "Yeah, it. dude." I was very pleased for. They you. look good, right? Like they look good. I you think. ordered me one, even though I said I didn't want. one. I didn't. No, I didn't. I did, did ordered, that one time. Did you, you order you, two you never for wear yourself? Oh, I ordered one 2020 and one 2021. Oh, yeah. I ordered you one for 2019. You don't like it. That's not that I don't like it. You don't wear it. It's too small. Damn it! I had to go a size up too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had to go up to a large, and I had to go to a medium. So. Absolutely, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a pandy good. bodies, baby. Good. What was a pandy body? Pandemic. Pan oh, pandemic bodies. Yeah, sure. got that pandy fit, yo. Sure. What's got you hot or bothered, man? Few things. Uh, rapid fire style. I uh, watched, so you don't have to. The 2022 film Firestarter. Oh, with Zac Efron. Zac Efron. Good. Why? Why? Yeah. Bored. Why that? Look cool. Did it? It was a good, bad movie. Oh, it, it was. It wasn't shit. Uh, the graphics were really cool. The The story, I mean, it's based on a Stephen King book. So, I mean, it's it's going to have a decent story, even if it's not the most managed. I mean, it's it's carrying a 4.6 on IMDb and an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. 32% Metacritic, if you're into that sort of thing. Metacritic sucks. Yeah. Death yeah. before Metacritic. Fuck Metacritic. I go Rotten Tomatoes way before anything else. So... 
it's a good bad movie. I mean, it's not gonna win any awards, but it, there's way worse ways to spend an hour and thirty five minutes on like a random Saturday morning. Okay. Um, the the plot was fairly engaging. the The young girl, her name was Ryan Kiera Armstrong. Okay. She played the kind of the main character. Her and Zac Efron are kind of the the two main characters. Um. And it wasn't the worst. Like like I said, it was a good, bad movie. It's like when you put on like the transporter because you want to watch just a shit action movie. Like, sure. It's entertaining. It's cool to look at. You don't have to pay super close attention. The plot's fairly linear. Um, I think it's a good like popcorn, don't put too much thought into it. Just be entertained and don't expect great things type movie. Okay, we should also point out this is an adaptation from a 1980s film. Mm-hmm. That was also based on a book they, of the correct. same name. And people seem to like the 80s one. Yeah. But uh, in this review from Roger Ebert, we have this, of, of the modern one. Firestarter, Firestarter, Firestarter. Just looks cheap. In most ways, cheaper than the 84 version with no memorable craft elements or decisions outside of a cool 80s score from John Carpenter uh, and others. The score deserved a movie that knew how to use it more effectively and with tighter visual language. Everything here is close-up, boring coverage, and flatly written dialogue scenes, and the action is even worse. It keeps going, but why not? Uh, yeah. Um, I watched Con Air the other night. Sick. Con Air is a good, bad movie. Fuck yeah, Is this is. close to Con Air? No. This just sounds... You're describing to me a bad, bad movie. I mean, I liked it for the... Over, like, just uh, all the action, and, like, there was a lot of fire. Like, it was just visually pleasing. Was it? Yeah, okay. I right. liked it. Right. I was rooting for the little girl, sure. and... um. It, it wasn't the worst bad movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it was a good bad movie. Okay. It was like a 4 or 5 out of 10. 4.5 out of 10 all okay. day long. That could be a bad good movie. Yeah. At that at that score. Yeah. But it, it was a good bad movie. Wait, what did I just say? It could be a bad good movie. A bad, or and you're saying good bad No, movie. it's a good yeah, bad you're right. movie. Right, okay, good. Yeah. That's correct. It's the upper pile of the, it's the top of the shit pile, Correct. not yeah, the yeah. bottom yeah, yeah. of the pile of gold. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it puts it in perspective. Yeah. So that's the thing I watched. And then uh, just to wrap up on Julia, the show that I started a while back, finished that up. It is the HBO Max original series based on the uh, part of Julia Child's life where she had just published a cookbook. And it's the show that, like, illustrates the process of her getting the show the french chef onto public access uh very good show Oh, her who's the girl from 10 things i hate about you with heath ledger julia i thought that was julia childs i don't think so no no obviously it wasn't right no <laughs> definitely not um julia is it Julia at all? I don't know, man. Julia Stiles. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. And she was, Julia Stiles was all over the place for like 10 years. Yeah. 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 Not so much now. No. Um, but yes, really enjoyed Julia. It was a, a really solid HBO Max series. Uh, I thought it was very well done and it was pretty in-depth on mm -hmm. like the behind the scenes of, of Julia Child's life and what led up to this show. Um, I need to do more research and find out how like accurate it mm -hmm. was but it felt pretty like yeah. more like um fictionalized documentary mm -hmm. not uh just pure fiction sure uh so really like that just watch the season finale i'd recommend it good show real good feel good show Sweet. if you want some mindless not mindless but some 
some feel-good entertainment. Good, that's, okay. That's well done. Great. I, I like that a lot. I would recommend it. And just to tease, sure. I am three episodes into The Moon Knight. Oh, finally. I'm glad some one of us is watching this. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac, Disney Plus, um, superhero Marvel stuff? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he plays a very obscure yeah. uh, character. So obscure that he doesn't even really know that he is this person. Oscar Isaac or yeah. the character itself doesn't know Oscar Isaac does not know that he's the Moon Knight. Well, I don't know what that means. What are you talking about? Oscar Isaac, the actor, the human in real life? No, the oh, o- oh, Oscar okay. Isaac, the character that he plays okay. in this movie. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Steven, the gift shop attendant. Got it. Does not necessarily even know that he's the Moon Knight. I really like the idea that it was the actor Oscar Isaac is like I don't even know who this character is. Like, <laughs> maybe I just they show up. maybe they didn't tell him <laughs> shit either. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, directed by the first Arabic director, I believe, in the Marvel the f- universe, the universe, MCU or whatever. Uh, definitely a lesser known character, but I've I've talked to a few people and they're like, no, Moon Knight's badass. I'm like, come on, yeah, yeah people love, people love it. I guess, but like really. Never heard of it. Cool. Uh, but anyways, I'm three episodes in. I'm very into it. The first episode really got me. It was so unlike any first episode of a Marvel series that I have ever watched that I was like, yep, let's let's do this. I'm in. So probably by next week or the week after, I'll have a full series rundown of The Moon Knight. Uh, and within the next week or two, I am going to be reviewing Obi-Wan. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. When does that drop? First two episodes dropped this last Friday. Cool. So I imagine it's going to be weekly like The Mandalorian. So this might be about a month and a half out, actually, now that I think about it. All right. Fair enough. But I'll be keeping up with it, at least. And Moon Knight's all available, so I will knock that one out a lot quicker. Uh, Quick shout out to to that director you mentioned, Hasham Nazi. He's Egyptian. Sick. Seems like he deserved a shout out. And it's like the first uh, like Egyptian type like a superhero too. Like oh, it's, it's all Egyptian mythology. Oscar Isaac gets cast in some very different uh, racial roles. He's very racially ambiguous. He is. Uh, is he Italian? Is he, is, <laughs> who knows? There's a great line in Inside Lewin Davis of which he is the star. It's Still Brothers never seen it. I, watch it. So good. Um, where he's he's a he's an aspiring musician and he goes and talks to a, an owner of a nightclub that he wants to play at. And the dude's kind of like looking him up and down and so are we because he's like, what are you? In this case, it's in the 60s. And the owner of the club, um, Buddy Grossman, says, my advice to you, you know, get a get a singing partner and stay out of the sun, which is like so racist. <laughs> but like clearly like Oscar Isaac is, is this sort of racially ambiguous or can be cast in these different ways where like like in Ex Machina, he, it's no there's no telling. He's great. He was in. Wow. I haven't seen Ex Machina in a long time. Yeah. It's him and uh, Domhnall Gleeson. Yeah. And, uh, Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Fucking great movie. Loved it. Yeah, I'd watch it again. Made me feel weird things about robots. That's the point, dude. Yeah, yeah, worked. Um, so that's what I got. Good. I got a lot cooking on the hot plate. Um, until then, I am very excited for the movie and the beers that we have coming up next week. Oh, nice transition. Because dude. hit me with that motherfucking danger zone. Oh wow! Ba-ba-ba-boom. Is that where? Ba-ba-ba-boom. Do you want it in here? Right here. Okay. Motherfucking danger zone. We're going back. You thought we had left the danger zone since the 80s? Nay, you had hoped. <laughs> you are dead wrong, motherfucker. We're going back to Top Gun. I saw a friend of the show and patron Ken Neely at the hand, or at the Burgers and Brew the other day. And he jokingly, I didn't know it at the time, jokingly asked me if we were going to cover Top Gun. I was like, oh, yeah, we're like, totally. It's got to, we got to do it. I don't really care, but like, you know, I think Johnny was into the original. Like, I don't care about it. And Ken was like, no, I was totally kidding. Like, I did not like the original. <laughs> Um, and I didn't either, but we had that awesome event that one time at um, Crepeville, RIP, mm-hmm. where we watched Top Gun Hell yeah. with a bunch of Patreon people. Because of the danger zone. 
so I didn't realize that login song was made fame or was used so. Um, it was written for the soundtrack. Was of it Top really? Gun. That's fun. Fuck That's yeah. cool. Um, I genuinely don't care about this movie. Oh. I think it's going to be awesome. My mom just saw it in theaters. She texted me saying, if you say one bad thing on your podcast about Top Gun, uh, no, she said, I don't want to hear one bad thing about it because it was awesome. Oh, shit. So she'll probably listen. And, uh, so don't swear as much next week. Well, Let's the see. rest of the world is in agreement with your mother because it is shattering box office records. Sound like a weird Yo Mama joke, kind of. The rest of the world agrees with your mother. With your mama. Your mama. Your mama's so smart. She saw, <laughs> she saw Top Gun with the rest of the world. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's next week. That'll be fun. Yeah. And I am providing next week's beers uh, from a brewery called Green Cheek out yeah. of Southern California. They have a brewery in Orange County and a tap room in Costa Mesa. And I have beers coming up back to Chico for me for that. So super stoked to get yeah. to two Green Cheek IPAs next week. Uh, yeah. You can't get them around here, like Johnny's suggesting, but um, you can follow us on social media and stuff. Uh, we're on Instagram again. Uh, at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. And Max um, isn't allowed to link his Facebook to I, this one. Please keep me off of it, dude. Um, and then, yeah, you can see the picture we post of those beers and maybe you can you can taste it through our wonderfully descriptive um, review. I don't or know. Or just get out more. Yeah, or that. Travel. Um, Buy some beers. You got anything else? Let's get out of here. Okay, as usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Thanks to everybody on Patreon. Shout out to The Handlebar, who has one of the best happy hours in town um and i think that's all i got i'm max minardi i'm johnny summers drink some good beers watch some movies that make you giggle or scratch your head or possibly vomit if you've seen men yeah and most importantly be excellent to each other we love you we'll see you next week This is Fresh Hop Cinema.